the grain. Looking at big ideas through the lens of small communities. A podcast where arts, culture, and the human experience intersect. Tackling serious topics through fun perspectives. Seeking that grain of truth. So one thing I was thinking about uh, in preparing for recording this episode and, and we just, all we did really was say, we're going to talk about the South and we didn't really give it any direction. So I'm mm. thinking to myself, well, what is that even? It's a lot there. One thing that comes to my mind is that game people play. Um, tell me you're from the South without telling me you're from the South. So, Darian, tell me something that lets me know you're from the South without explicitly saying you are from the South. I'll let you know I'm from the South without explicitly saying I'm from the South because I love boiled peanuts. That definitely pins you as (laughs) someone from South Carolina, (laughs) I think. (laughs) <laughs> uh, let's see let me give you another one i'm from a place that doesn't really have much mass tra- mass transit to speak of yeah i kind of feel like that's a southern thing like you a particularly right. south carolina thing yeah you may be right yeah 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 i'm from a place where 85 degrees is a cool breeze I put on a light jacket when it drops below 70. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Conversely, correctly, conversely, 50 degrees might as well be negative five. Oh, my gosh. No, we don't just stay inside. Forget it. (laughs) Don't even go out. I'm from a place where two snowflakes justifies school closing. Indeed. That is true. Because we don't have any... um, we don't have any uh, snow plows. Why would you have a snow plow? You have, you know, yeah. a mass of snow every, you know, generational. It's generational, you know. Yeah. I live uh, seven miles from the ocean, give or mm-hmm. take, but mm-hmm. there's no salt for the roads. <laughs> None. Right. We, sometimes we use sand in a pinch if we can borrow the trucks mm-hmm. to put it out on the on the roadway. But usually, yeah, the last time it snowed, School was closed for a week. Yeah. Yeah. A week. Yeah. And it's probably what? Two inches? It was. Yeah. 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 Two inches. Well, inches deadly. But, you know, it's fun until it's not because it really is dangerous because we don't have the infrastructure built to handle any snow because we don't get any snow. Yep. We do not. We do not. The fir- we ha- When it snowed, it was the first time in, like, accumulation of snow. It was... Mm-hmm. Probably the first time in, you know, 20 years, yeah. I would say. Yeah. We had yeah. some flurries, but nothing major. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, people know where I live when I when they hear me call my dog, ma'am. <laughs> call my dog, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. No, ma'am. You would no, ma'am. <laughs> yeah. Ma'am. Yeah, that, that particular Southern deference of ma'am and sir and uh, people's, older people's names have a handle on them. Like I'm almost 60 degrees, but I will still say yes, sir. Um, yes, ma'am to, you know. Everyone. Yeah. 
everyone. Yeah. 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 We, I'm not particular. I, I, I'm a little bit of, I usually say yes. And no, that was a, but of certain people, certain older people than me, especially if you're way older than me, you, you just get it. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. I'll go take care of that. You know, yes, ma'am. You know, that was so weird when I moved here because I was mm -hmm. 23 years old when I moved here and everybody was calling me ma'am. Yeah. Every, every teenager you met was like, yes, ma'am. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like five years older than you. What are you talking about? I'm not old. <laughs> I look old. It's a particular, um, uh, deference that, uh, Southerners carry towards age and, um, uh, hopefully, uh, a built-in respect for the elderly. Yeah. And it, I mean, I think it, well, I wasn't elderly. I sure felt that <laughs> way. When everybody called me ma'am though, but it just, you just get so used to it. And then, then everybody's ma'am, then your dog's ma'am. I could tell you this, I could tell you this, especially now that I'm an old cat to have some young cat. It doesn't bother me most of the time. I don't care. Um, but to, like to have some kid refer to you without a handle Sometimes it's a little jarring, like, oh, okay, that's a little disrespectful, it felt almost like, you know what I mean? I have to admit that. And I'm not a, a person that's big on that. Like I say, usually for me, a yes or a no will suffice. But um, some kid that you're unfamiliar with, you know, just like, and you haven't given it. Now, when, I, when I'm working, I get the kids, they get a, they can call me Mr. D, they can call me Mr. Darian, they can call me. Mr. McLeod. Um, I don't get too offended if they can remember my name and call me Darren. But sometimes, like when they get too familiar, you're like, oh, hold on, partner. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> That's not what we do here. Yeah. <laughs> hold on, partner. You know, like it, it, it is a sign of respect that you are older than me. You have a certain perspective and you um, have certain experiences. I think it is a sign of respect that we are. It's not that. Just to be totally honest, we are not equals. It's not that I'm better than you, but we are not equals. Right. Well, it's just, I mean, I think the, the main thing is that it's just not polite. It's not, that's how you know somebody's mm -hmm. maybe thrown a little shade. Yeah. Yeah. Without yeah, that, yeah, and, right. you know, that is a Southern thing too, is how you talk around something without saying it out loud. Mm -hmm. and, you know, so mm -hmm. that, that is the forgetting to call someone sir or ma'am or, mm -hmm miss or mister uh that is that is a way to do that yeah we're the we're the kings and queens of the uh indirect assault i mean insult mm -hmm. not assault but the kings and queens of the indirect insult people talk you know the whole we talked about earlier bless your heart like bless your heart right you know like you it know. took me a minute to figure out that people were basically slapping my face <laughs> when they said that to me i was like okay <laughs> you know, poor child, poor baby, poor baby, yeah. poor baby. You're like, what, what, poor baby? I'm gonna pray about? for you. Yeah, I'm gonna pray for you. I love that one. I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> I love that one. I'm gonna pray for you. <laughs> okay, I got another southernism. Um, it's uh, one of the only places I think in the country where people come up to you and ask you who your people are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And by that, they mean your lineage? Yes. Like, whose child are you? And whose child were they? And whose child do I who's know? Who's your who, kin? Right. Who, who, who are your people? Do I know your people? 
or this is one I still can't get used to. And I'm from here. I never have and never will. They want to know, well, where you go to church? Yeah. It's like, I don't, but whose business is that? <laughs> Especially, well, if they suspect that you are not religious, mm-hmm. which I am not. So I get that a lot. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. like, that's the way of saying like, you know. It's a way of drawing lines. They're trying to figure out who you are, who your people are. Well, where do you go to church? What church are you doing? They, they, they do. They try to draw lines. They're trying to. I can, I, I can understand, you know, just identifying people. We all don't have the time to sit down and listen to my complete history. I get that. I don't anticipate that. I mean, I don't want that even. But this whole, a lot of the ways it's used is to almost punish people. To make you go like, well, she's not one of us, you know? Yeah. The times that I've been asked that, it's it usually is not in a... It, sometimes it is. Sometimes it's just general conversational, like, you know, mm-hmm. oh, you know, what side of town do you live on? What church do you guys go to? Like, maybe mm-hmm. they're trying to figure out if we know some of the same... Right, folks. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's very pointed, like we are not the same Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. and it's meant as a way to make me feel like I don't belong. Yeah. There's a lot of ways. There's lots of ways to other people. There's lots of way to other people. And but when we say other people, that's shorthand for saying you're not like me. You don't belong here. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. okay, you know. It's cool. I love other people. I love being around different. Like I said, I love hearing it. How I just like kind of watching. I, yeah, you hearing the different names and different sounds and the way people get down together. Even way people. Look, it's all cool. It's like, oh, this is interesting. But this whole, you're different from me, and because you're different from me, you don't belong here. That's what that usually is. Yeah, that's and it, that it, not always, but you can tell when that is, and that is that is the as we were saying, like how you how you insult someone without insulting them, right? And that's one way mm-hmm. um, that I have had that experience. And it goes right back to, like I said, you know, all the things I love the South and all the things that are challenging about the South, but one of the things that cannot be denied about the South though this gentility or this pretense at gentility tries to do it is the cruelty that is just baked into Southern history. The South is complicated. It's very complicated. And for a long time, it's had people living beside, with, amongst each other that have these difficult relationships. But sometimes I see it, they could be strangling but sometimes I see those, just the fact that those difficult things were kind of practiced at those things. Sometimes I see it making space for for other people. You know, I see, like in the South, I think sometimes there are opportunities here, maybe that aren't other places, surprisingly. Surprising even to me. In what way? I'll see, like especially amongst the Black community, if, it doesn't matter where you came from. You know, you'll get picked on and all things. And, you know, just like every every place. That it, but for the most part, if you're in a community, you're in a community. Hello, Grain family. I'm your host, Jody Srutek, and I'm here with my co-host, Darian McLeod. 
If you're just joining us, we are talking about the South, about community, about culture, about the mythology and our perceptions of history in the South. Lots to dive into, so let's get back to the conversation. Some people, like you said, some people still call it the War of Northern Aggression. It's like, mm-hmm. what the hell is that? That never happened. That's literally a made-up term. But there's some people here who are really trying to wrestle with what the Civil War was and what it really meant. And what was the unspoken part was, what was Reconstruction and what was the larger response to Reconstruction, which is more of what we're living with now not just the Civil War. You know, after the Civil War, for a short period, Black people are, are prospering, you know, or beginning to prosper, whatever. And then there's a reaction to that, which comes into, you know, there's all this stuff. But I see it sometimes because people are kind of hungry for the truth. Sometimes we've been told a lie your whole life. At first, it's kind of shocking. You don't want to let it go. What you're saying is that, like, it th- that uh, as we get older, our, our perceptions are challenged in new ways. You hit it on the head, Jody. You just hit it. It's about maturity. It's about, and I think that's what we see our country wrestling right now. We're growing up. All these myths and lies of our past, who we were, who we were, all this stuff, you know, we're, we're realizing now that's not the end. We're having, you just hit it. It's about growing up. We're having to look at these things and go, okay, that's not totally true. This is, but what does that mean for us going forward? And one of my concerns right now Mm -hmm. is, is that there is a real backlash against that, against changing the narrative to be a little bit more inclusive. Mm -hmm. So Texas just the other day passed um, a law in their legislature that um, essentially bans the teaching of what's known as critical race theory. Critical race theory, which to me is like, oh, you mean the truth? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, why we got this long name? It's called the truth. But anyway. Right. So. Now, they don't use the term critical race theory in the law. Mm. They, in the law, they say um, language like teaching kids about the founding documents, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the Federalist Papers, all things that, you know, we all learned mm-hmm. in American history. Um, but but teaching it in a way that uh doesn't make anyone feel bad about their own race or feel guilt about the actions of their race from a previous time period. It's such an odd The language, right? The language, right? So weird. I mean, mean, even if you even if you take that bit by bit, okay, they just say make you feel bad about your own race. So the previous instruction was that to make you know natives and women and black people and Asians feel good about their race? Well, is that what the previous previous instruction did? Because I I would beg to differ. <laughs> also, part of the language of the bill says 
A teacher may not be compelled to discuss current events or widely debated and currently controversial issues of public policy or social affairs. Teachers who choose to discuss topics described by subdivision shall, to the best of the teacher's ability, strive to explore those topics from diverse and contending perspectives without giving deference to any one perspective. So, um, yeah, I mean, this kind of stuff. And, and, you know, first I thought, oh gosh, Texas is doing this. Here comes South Carolina. They actually put language similar to this in our budget and it passed mm, here. Not surprising. You're right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, okay. So this, you just kind of hit upon something, Jody. Like I'm a son of the South. You know, I'm, I have no problems telling anybody I'm from South Carolina. I love the beautiful people, beautiful people in South Carolina, especially you lovely people, 29203. Love you. But I have to admit, things like that and things like this just frustrate the hell out of me. Just frustrate the hell out of me. You know, it's um, when I graduated school, when I graduated school, it was, it was kind of, um, one of the traditions was everybody left. But I elected to stay here because I thought, I thought South Carolina needed help and I thought I could help. The same things that made me want to stay here are the same things that drive me bananas. Okay, 100% Bananas. 100% agree with that. I, yeah, I'm torn with this every day. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I love it here. I mean, this is my home now, mm -hmm. you know, and I, I don't want to change, but, and it's not even that I want to change this place. It's that I want this place to be for everyone, more mm -hmm. inclusive for everyone. And there have been folks who've just been shut out. And we also just don't have opportunity here for yeah. a lot of folks, yeah. you know? And, and I want to change that. Like, I don't, I don't see that as changing the place. I just see it as making it more accessible. Right. And uh, I have a lot of friends, you know, we'll talk about politics. I do talk about politics a lot, but <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about it. And they'll say, well, I'm, you know, I've had enough. I'm just going to move. And it's like, that's not, that's not how we fix this. You know, mm -hmm. we fix this by getting more people involved and registering more people to vote. Just where the voting districts are. And you, we talked about this a, a minute ago, but, you know, the ability, your ability to vote easily here yes, yes. is, is a challenge. Yes, yes. We had the most, um, I think the most, most accessible election ever, um, this last cycle in 2020, we had early voting. You had you, no excuse. You didn't need a reason. You could use the pandemic as a reason to cast your ballot early. You, you had a month to vote. We still had people waiting four hours in line. Yeah, yeah. For that, you know? And like, even in my own town, there's one polling place that had, you know, my gosh, I don't even, I don't have the exact numbers. I don't want to use numbers because I'll, I'll get it wrong. Mm -hmm. But, uh, uh, you know, six or seven neighborhoods at the one polling place. Yeah. And then the people from the rich neighborhood 
the the very very exclusive multi multi million dollar home only 500 homes in the entire state yes they're paired up with the one precinct so these precincts aren't anywhere near each other in town they handpicked Mm. this one and that one they put them together in one polling place with two precincts the wealthiest people and then a few poor folks and more uh you know, Latin American folks to kind of balance the demographics of that precinct. And then just literally on the other side of the street is a polling place for seven different precincts. And Mm -hmm. those folks are waiting two hours in line. The other folks walk in, walk out. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a common story. That happens all the time here. And I feel like it happens a little bit more in the South. And that's why I get so frustrated is going back to our beginning premise where you talk about everybody can tell you what's wrong with the South and how to fix it. Mm-hmm. I have friends who still live up North and they'll, they'll say things like, well, you know, the South is just backwards, you know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. racist, it's backwards, it's antiquated. You, you know, you all get what you deserve. Look at the people you're voting for. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if you mm-hmm. had any idea what it's like to vote here, Mm-hmm. Of, of how our districts are gerrymandered so that, I mean, I've studied this because <laughs> I've studied elections. You can literally see it's one side of the street. So on the east side of the street um, are the Democratic voting households. And on the west side of the street are the Republican voting households. Same neighborhood, same street. They split those homes and the people on the east side of the street are in one precinct or are, are one district. And the people on the west side of the street have a different representative. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they'll they'll split it, it even neighborhoods. I mean, it's amazing how you do it when you grill down to that level and you see it. Um, they basically draw us out of representation. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. poor people, you know, um, the minorities, and the folks who traditionally vote uh, for Democrats instead of traditionally vote for Republican. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just insurmountable uh, unless, you, you know, you just register more people. But right. Right. It's a I, huge it, challenge. It's frustrating. It's frustrating. I mean, that, you know, we're, we're echoing each other. I mean, I'm a very liberal black artist in Columbia, South Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at times I'm just like, what am I doing? What, yeah. what, am, you know, I have friends like, like you said, I have friends who left here. I have white friends who left here who said, um, you know, on our, uh, one of our previous episodes, uh, Betsy talked about, I really would like to get her back on here, that she didn't want, Betsy Newman was one of our artist friends. And she talked about when she moved back to the South, she wanted to live in a more diverse neighborhood. She did not want to live as uh, an exclusively white neighborhood as a white Southerner and all that that meant. And she said that it took everything I could just to shut up because that's such a, you know, I was like, oh my God, that's just so much to talk about. But I have I multiple- can tell you a little about what that is. Talk, to, tell, talk to me, Joe. I know it. To talk the to me. That, so when I first moved here, um, you know, one of the first things you do, obviously, is you meet new people. And so when I was in company with all white 
Southerners, they made assumptions about the types of things that I would be comfortable hearing in a group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also made assumptions about my, you know, just assumed automatically that I was um, Christian and conservative mm-hmm. and mildly racist. I mean, people would say they'll just come right out and say things, you know, because um, we weren't in mixed company. And so it was, they thought it was like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge, but well, you know how those people are, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and it was so shocking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Did you ever, did you ever think like, what the hell am I doing? I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. I I mean, yeah, yeah. A little Mm -hmm. bit. I mean, you know, usually my reaction was, no, I'm sorry. I, I don't what people, Mm-hmm. Exactly. Do you mm-hmm. mean black people? Are you trying to tell me they're all the same? Oh, no. I mean, I would never say something like that. That's not what I mean. It's just that, you know, you have to understand. You haven't lived here very long. You don't know what it's like. And it's just like, okay, well, I mean. Can I ask you a question? Culturally, that famous Southern gentility that tries to deflect the whole bless your heart, the whole, you know, this is really, it's actually really very mean and dismissive, but that whole kind of Southern armor that it, it seems it's made of sugar, but it's actually very, very salty. Was that a, so when you were in these situations and having these type of conversations, did that impact on you at all? Because I have like a lot of friends, they were like, you know, like they were shocked how people could just like kind of double speak. Yeah, well, just... yeah. And so that usually that's how that would go, you know, mm-hmm. as I mm-hmm. would make it known that that I was not comfortable with that kind of talk, that kind of bias, that kind of, you know, or that I was not um here for conversations like that. So, Mm -hmm. you know, in a stereo, it's like, no, I, I, I don't know what people, what do you mean? Those people, Mm -hmm. are you talking about black people that they're Mm -hmm. all the same? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or so you, you know, were like trying to like make them own their words right yeah mm-hmm. or or you're trying to say that they'll only come if there's free food is that what you're mm-hmm. implying <laughs> like something like that you know uh-huh. um and it would be like oh of course not no i would never that's not mm-hmm. what i'm saying at all well bless your heart and that's what it would be it would be like bless your heart you just don't mm-hmm. understand mm-hmm. and they would just move on like obviously she's not one of us right you know right. but they were making notations i'm sure yeah, yeah you were yeah. the topic of conversation after many yeah. a meeting or dinner party yeah i mean you know and it was strange to me too because like it wasn't always older people mm-hmm. that was the yeah. part that really surprised me is that there were kind of a lot of young people oh thank you for that jody thank you just hit something this whole mythology that racism is going to die off with the old uh-huh. people i get so sick of hearing people say that. yeah that's not happening I'm i sorry. get so sick of that everybody's like well no people are like no no some of these young people are like mean as hell like I where mean, did they get that like did you see um did you see recently, I've, I've only watched one episode of this in my life, but do you watch American Idol? I've seen it. I haven't watched it this season. So there's a kid on there this season from Spartanburg, South Carolina. 
uh-huh. who uh, was removed in um, recent weeks because a video of him uh, sitting next to someone in a clan hood. Oh, yeah, surfaced. I heard about that. Right, so they removed the kid from the show. Now, the kid's only 16 now. When he shot the video, he was only 12 years old. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I understand you got to remove that kid. Now, but it's like, you know, they want to talk to the kid. And okay, it's a kid, 16, so what? But let's be honest, at 12 years old, that ain't about him. That's about mm-hmm. his parents. The people around him. That's are, about the yeah. people around. That's his parents and the community he lives in. And at 12 years old, he's sitting there posing with a, a dude in a, in a clan hood. That's not about that kid. Yeah, you he know? doesn't understand the no. context of what. No, he's or even if he all. does, even if, let's say let's say for the sake, he fully understands that's legacy. That kid just wake up one morning and decide, hey, I want to be a racist and I want to support this terrorist organization. That's legacy. That's well, and that's legacy. what folks will. I mean, that you know, going back, like that's what people will say. But this is our heritage, right? This right. is our history. Mm-hmm. And they have no idea what that means. This is our heritage, and we have every right to celebrate it. It's a really strange thing to try to understand um, because, you know, we don't celebrate heritage of, uh, you know, if you go to Germany, nobody, <laughs> nobody's, yeah, nobody has statues up, you know, celebrating, mm-hmm. you know, Hitler. And uh, I mean, it's just not a thing that, that people celebrate. So it's, mm-hmm. you know, trying to, if you aren't from here, trying to understand that is, and even if you're from, from here, <laughs> trying to understand it, I mean, um, yeah, it is just a it is just a crazy thing to to kind of see it and and try to understand it. And I think that some of what these educational bills are trying to get at is that yeah. that there shouldn't be any shame for you know students who want to or truth. <laughs> I mean, to me, that's that's the perspective that I see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. like I think that there, I mean. There, to use a phrase, they're whitewashing yeah. the history. Um, just you, and and it's coming as a backlash as we're starting to be a little bit more inclusive right. in the stories that that we are teaching and the context of what we're teaching. I think you hit upon something very important. I think it's something that we overlook all the time, especially right now. Right now, it literally is in vogue to disregard facts. It is in vogue. You know, it's it's a cool thing to do. It's like, ah, uh, my opinion. Well, your opinion is great, but that doesn't change the factual, you know, context of the situation or the factual statement. But one of the things I think we've overlooked with um, these particular types of histories are they're more cultural than anything. You said it, you know, my, you know, there, there are people who um, probably tell you, well, my, my great, great granddaddy and his father, blah, blah, and they'll list all these things. And culturally they see it as a source of pride. Mm-hmm. No, they see that as something to be proud or the only thing they have to, or, you know, or, you know, they see the uh, stars and stripes as representing their culture. So when Mm -hmm. you say, well, that's actually, you know, there were X amount of flags before that. And that actually um, 
was uh, the one that you're 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 uh, worshiping right now is a the naval um, war flag and, and you know uh, the civil war began because of this is not the war of northern aggression it really is this and people say it's not about slavery read the documents. It says it says it right there over and over and over. And this occurred and this occurred. And it wasn't there were no good slave owners. You were owning people. There may be some who are less brutal than others, but there were no good slave owners. And most of them were extremely brutal and all these different things. So what it feels like to them is you are assaulting who I who I've grown up believing who I am. Mm hmm. I mean, if you swept in today and all the things I think that make me who I am, you swept them away. You know, all, all the beliefs I have, and we all have our mythologies. We need them. We all have our illusions. But that illusion is such, so central to our national identity, our regional identity, and a lot of our personal identities. You know, so when you say, take that flag down because it represents oppression and terrorism, People are like, oh no, that's my heritage, that's my culture, that's my history. And it's like, no, you don't really, you don't really, and you can't tell them you don't really understand because then they think you're insulting their intellect or whatever. But it really is a cultural thing. I think most people vote the way they vote. My dad voted this way, my mom voted this way, and my dad, whatever. A lot of Republicans, it's a cultural thing. It's a cultural thing. Um, so that's one of the things like I hope with my work, with my art, um, my performances, trying to hit on a lot of, with even in front of a three-year-old, trying to present what a human being could look like in front of a three-year-old, whether, you know, it's not just about um, presenting um, images that black children could identify with, but images that will hopefully give white people something to identify with. You know, mm -hmm. or, and, and for our old, for our adult work, you know, images that challenge, you talked about the, the narrative that challenge these multiple narratives of, you know, the inhumanity of queer people, the inhumanity of women, or the inhumanity of Latin, Latinx people, the inhumanity of Asian. Cause that's really what we talk about. When we're talking about somebody thinking the inhumanity of black people, somebody thinking they're better because we're only human. So when they think you're better, they're saying you're less human. I hell, it used to be black people were three fifths, thirty three fifths human legally. They used to say yeah. black people. So, you know, culturally, that's what I'm trying. I'm trying to. I'm trying to front. I'm trying to take on those lies, those those myths. Sometimes very subtly, but sometimes very, very, very direct. Just depends on who it is, what I'm doing, where, you know, it, it, it's all kind of shows. But we've openly challenged um, racism, sexism, classism, whatever. And I agree with you. I think that there is an element of people kind of just in terms of voting, just voting the way they always have or the way you know, I don't really, people will come to me and say to me sometimes, well, you're into this stuff. I don't really pay attention. Who should I vote for? Mm. Um, <laughs> you know, and if I don't know them that well, that makes me a little bit, you know, I usually mm. say, well, this person, you know, wants to do X, Y, and Z, and this person wants to do A, B, and C. 
you know, and that kind of opened up the conversation. If it's somebody I know and I kind of understand their perspectives on things, I'll usually say this one aligns more with your ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but I'm trying to kind of break that cycle because you said it's, it's popular now to be, you know, this anti-intellectualism is popular mm-hmm. now. Um, not having facts, not, not relying on mainstream media or, you know, even the education stuff that we've talked about today is kind of toying with that a little bit, not understanding the concept context of what you're studying. Um, so I'm trying to help people understand how their everyday life is impacted by these issues. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is an uphill battle. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like, especially here in the South, I think that that's, important because we there's as we've said it's like a mythology about the south and what the south is and and the history of the south um and people are starting to come to terms with that i feel like yeah i just i guess we wish it all get faster quicker better (laughs) faster quicker better yeah, well, as we know, nothing happens quickly no, <laughs> in the <this> South. <laughs> we'll it's talk 100... about that. Or that. <laughs> it's because it's 110 degrees outside. Precisely. You can't be rolling around acting all crazy. It's crazy hot. Slow it's down. Slow 85% down. 85% humidity. We right? don't have the energy for this. <laughs> Slow we'll down. Pace yourself. Pace yourself. We'll get to it tomorrow. <laughs> Yes, we will. Because that's what we do here in the gray. These little grains of truth. We hope to entertain, enlighten, and lighten your day. Thanks so much for joining us on the grain. We'll talk to you next time on our next episode. And don't forget to subscribe. The Grain Podcast is brought to you through a grant from the Knight Foundation in partnership with Indie Grits Labs and the lovely people of 29203. Thanks to our audio engineer, Isabel Alvarado, and our hosts, Jared McLeod and Jody Srutek.